morning, church. I'm going to read this morning from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Please join me in prayer. Holy Father, God above, we thank you for your body that you gave in Christ Jesus on the cross for us. And now for your Holy Spirit that lives in each and every one of us, binding us to you in love and to one another. Lord, please empower us with your graces as you see fit to serve your will. We seek your kingdom and your kingdom here on earth. And we just thank you so much for the opportunity to be a part of the work that you're doing to renew all things. And please bless Chris this morning. Give him eloquence of speech. As he brings the word to us, please open our hearts and please make us more like Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, church. Welcome to Craft Time. We're going to have some fun today, doing a little bit of crafts together, reflecting, doing some things. So you might have noticed when you came in, you got a bulletin, that there was a piece of paper in there. All right, take that piece of paper out, because we're going to write some things on there, do some stuff. If you didn't get a piece of paper and you want one, there's some kind of at the back of the room. You can go grab one. That's good, because what I want to do today is kind of take you into a little bit about what it means for God to bring, give us gifts and to equip us in different ways to do things, and we're going to see that kind of play out in our story today. So here's the first thing I want you to write down on your piece of paper, right? I mean, we just sang a song, um, less of me, more of Jesus, right? What does Jesus mean to you? I want you to try to sum that up in a little 15-second um, blurb on that piece of paper. What does Jesus mean to you, all right? So just jot it down on that piece of paper. You can jot it down in the bulletin, or you can jot it down in your, your mental piece of paper if you want to. What does Jesus mean to you? It's an interesting thought, isn't it? What does Jesus mean to us? 
He is worth everything, right? He is everything. But what's incredible is that this God that we serve and love gives us gifts as well. So turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to talk a little bit today about gifting, the gifts of the Holy Spirit that he gives to us. So starting in verse 1 of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except through the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. And so what Paul does is he separates these empowering of God type of activities into three categories, okay? One of them is spiritual gifts. And he gives us spiritual gifts to use for his glory. The second thing that he says here is that he gives us service or these jobs or what we call offices for us to apply in, apostles and prophets and teachers and things of that nature. And then the third kind of category that he gives us is, it says, different activities or different skills that he gives us in order to magnify his glory out in the world. And verse 7 kind of refines that for us, saying, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That the purpose of these gifts is for the good of the body, the good of the body of Christ, and for the good of his message going out into the world. That is why we have these gifts and offices and skills that are given to him. And then in verses 8 through 11, he gives us a list of these things. Now, I know I've been told that I speak a little bit too fast sometimes. My wife has told me she has to slow me down to like 0.8 speed on YouTube. So I'm just giving you a user warning. I'm going to talk too fast. All right, so if you want these sermon notes, just email me. I'll send you my sermon notes because we're going to go through the definitions of these gifts that are listed here in this section. It says, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. So here's the first gift, words of wisdom, right? This is the gift of the Spirit that when you speak to somebody, sometimes they just, they just spit wisdom, don't they? Like they just have biblical truths that seem to apply to the exact situation that you're going on in your life. This is the gift of words of wisdom. That when they talk to you, they don't just give you some, you know, thing they heard on the internet. They're talking about God's truth and how they apply to your life. This is words of wisdom. Some people have that gift. The next one is um, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. So some people just speak words of knowledge that they just get it. The Bible just makes sense to them. It's just it, they, they learn stuff, and it, I don't, don't even know how that works, but that boom, that just makes sense to them. This is this gift from the Spirit that helps us read things and understand these things and then be able to speak those things to another. Okay, then it says after that, um, to, to another, faith by the same Spirit. Sometimes you meet people that they just have faith in God that is extraordinary. A faith that transcends their understanding, it doesn't make sense, but they just believe God. God has said this is going to happen, and they believe. Right? They have faith to move mountains, meaning they're going to go over that mountain if they have to. They, are, they just believe, and they have faith. Their circumstance might be dire, 
and desperate. And you're like, how can you still have faith? And they have faith. That can be a gift of the Spirit. These are amazing people to be around. They're so encouraging when they have that sort of faith. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. There are people that when they pray, God does things. When they pray, people's lives are changed. It, it ties in with this gift of miracles that's coming up next to another, the working of miracles. This idea that when, we, when they pray, God moves things. People are healed, that God moves in mysterious and powerful ways, that people have this gift of prayer where it feels like they're talking straight to God and God answers them. All right. The next one says, and to another, prophecy. Now, this is a confusing one for some people. God is not giving us prophecy today as in, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen 30 days from now. Right? That's not what prophecy is. Prophecy is where you speak the words of God. Right? The prophets in the Old Testament would say, and the word of God is spoken through Isaiah, spoken through Joel, spoken through whoever. Right? So this is the ability to speak the words of God to other people. This is the modern-day idea of prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. That some people just have the ability to know right from wrong. They have the ability to distinguish when you're hearing something, you know, something not quite right about that. And they just have this sense about people that they can tell what's going on in your life, whether it's good or bad. It's almost like they look into your soul and they could tell you something about yourself that you didn't even know that you were thinking about. Right, that's this idea of distinguishing spirits. They can tell right from wrong, the words of Christ from the words of the enemy. This is a great gift to have in our modern day where people are trying to intermix these things, being able to distinguish between the spirits. And then it says, to another, various kinds of tongues. This is the idea that you're speaking English, but people are hearing you in a different language. Like you go on a mission trip to Peru, and you go up in the mountains of Peru, and you're speaking a sermon in English, but they're hearing you in their language. Right, this is the idea of tongues that is being spoken. I, I, I pray for tongues. Every time I go to Romania or go to, on a mission trip somewhere, I'm like, Lord, help me just we go to Honduras. Like, Lord, help me just be able to speak the words and they hear it and understand it. Right? This is the idea of tongues. And then the next one is interpretation of tongues. That if someone were to come to the stage and they begin speaking a language we didn't understand, someone else would say, I know what they said, and be able to give a, an idea of what was being spoken by this person through the power of the Spirit. And verse 11 says, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportion to each one individually as he wills. So question, do you believe that God gives gifts still, even today? I mean, we have a list of them, but do we believe that those skills and those gifts are still there? So we do, right, for his common good. Now, one of the dangers of this is that we can sometimes want to take the credit of these gifts for ourselves. Instead of for the common good, we have the self-interest in mind. For example, some people might ask, why don't we see this gift of healing more in the world today? Well, let me tell you this. If you knew someone had the gift of healing, how quiet would that stay? Or would they become internet famous? Whatever where they go, all of a sudden the world begins to, to seep in. So we always have to remember that these gifts are not about us. They're about serving the body of Christ. Now, you might be thinking, wait a second, did I like time warp into a 1 Corinthians like sermon series? I thought we were talking about Exodus. We are, all right? But we want to set the stage for what's happening in Exodus because God was working in the life of the Israelites in the same way. The same spirit was at work in them. Let's go back. Go back to Exodus chapter 35. 
And we're going to see some very similar language as God talks about the people that are going to be building his tabernacle. Okay? We're going to start in verse 30. But before we do, all right, I want you to, on your paper, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to draw your best picture of the tabernacle. If this is your first Sunday here, sorry. You missed it. I showed a lot of pictures of it, all right? You got 30 seconds to draw your best tabernacle picture. All right, ready to go. Remember, I'm, I'll, give you some, I'll give you some teacher hints. Remember, there's like an outer court. There's like a holy place. The holy of holies. Remember the Indiana Jones documentary, Ark of the Covenant. All right. Ooh, do you remember what was in the holy place? There was an altar of incense in there. A menorah, showbread table. Okay, stop. Oh, you, you got it. She's like, I got it, I got it. Okay, awesome. We'll see in a second if you really got it or not. All right, so this says this in verse 30. Right? Then Moses said to the people of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bethsael, the son of Uriah, son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the spirit of God, with skill and intelligence, with knowledge and with all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood, for work in every skilled craft. And he has inspired him to teach both him and Aholiab, the son of Ashmachah. I can't say that one, I'm sorry. I practiced the other ones, all right. Um, in the tribe of Dan. And he has filled them with skill to do every sort of work done by an engraver or by a designer, or by an embroiderer, in blue and purple and scarlet yarns, in fine twined linen, or by a weaver, by any sort of workman or skilled designer. Do you see what God's doing in the work of Bethsael and Aholiab? He's giving them the skill and the knowledge and the ability to design, to craft, to engrave all the things that were going to go into the tabernacle. He's going to give them the skill that the Ark of the Covenant, when they overlay with gold, to carve in different things. When they build the menorah out of pure gold that was supposed to have almond flowers all over it for God's light overlooking the word, that they were going to get, God was going to give them the ability to craft all these things the way that he wanted them to look. And so the question is, do we think that the things in the tabernacle were built to look how God wanted them to look? Absolutely. He says right here, I gave them the skill to do those things. Do we believe that these words are the words that God wants us to know about him? Because in the same way, men were carried along by the Holy Spirit to write the words of God that are in this book. So these words are trustworthy because God is the one who's been carrying them along. Just as in this case, Bezalel and um, Aholiab were the ones who were skilled by God to create the different things that were to be built in the tabernacle. Okay, And it says, Bezalel and Aholiab and every craftsman in whom the Lord had put skill and intelligence to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance with all the Lord had commanded. And the Lord called Bezalel and Aholiab and every craftsman in, in whose mind the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred up to come and to do the work. So he has these leaders skilled in these things, and he brought along other craftsmen to be able to do that as well in the Lord. So let's do a little experiment. All right, you got your paper. 
All right, you drew a tabernacle, okay? I want you to draw them. We're going to test your craftsmanship here, okay? I want you to draw a simple shape, but you only got three seconds to do it. So like a, a, a square, a triangle. You could do even just a right angle if you don't do three of them. A rectangle, circle. You're going to draw something. You only got three seconds, though. Ready, set, go. Three seconds. One, two, three, go. All right. Now, how many of y'all drew a circle? Any circles? Okay, awesome. Any rectangles? Any triangles out there? You're like three and one from the song, okay? All right, All right. awesome. Any stars? Couple. All right. Here's what I want you to do. With whatever shape you drew, how does that shape point to God? In your mind, how does that shape point you towards the Lord? Like if you drew a star, I would go straight to like Psalm 19. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech, right? I would go into that, right? God is this perfect circle, right? So write down something that's in there that kind of gives you this idea of God in there. Okay, let's look at verse 3. And they received from Moses all the contribution that the people of Israel had brought for doing the work on the sanctuary. So the people were commanded back in chapter 35 to bring an offering to the Lord for the tabernacle. They had brought an offering before, do you remember? They had brought their earrings before, and that turned into a golden calf, which turned out bad, right? That went, that went bad. Now he's asking them again to bring a contribution to the Lord for the tabernacle. We read that a few weeks ago as well. So this contribution is there, and it says, and they kept on bringing him free will offerings every morning. So the people are just freely bringing stuff from the joy of their heart for this tabernacle. So all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the tabernacle came, each from the task that he was doing, and he said to Moses, the people bring too much, more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command, and the word was proclaimed throughout the camp, let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution of the sanctuary. They were bringing so much stuff that the craftsmen literally had to say, hey, can you ask them to stop giving? Now, how many pastors do you see come up and go, guys, you guys need to stop giving, all right? We just have too much. We're just doing this is what Moses is saying to the people. Their hearts are just so open that they're just willing to give. Take it all. We remember what happened with the golden calf. We remember these things. Just take it all, all of this, less of me. All right, you can take it all. Jesus Christ is our treasure, right? So this beautiful picture of what it means for us just to give it all to the Lord. And Moses is like, hey, guys, slow down. There's too much stuff here. Uh, for the material that they had was sufficient to all the work and more. And so they're bringing, they're bringing, they're giving, and they're giving. And it's this beautiful picture of what God has in store for them. Now, what are we called to do? We're called to give. And not just material things, but to give of our gifts to the Lord, right? To, get, to give of our knowledge, to give of our wisdom, to give of these things for the work of the Lord that's out there. But there's a problem, that some people have the gift of teaching, right? They just have this ability to go in, teach something, and people just get it. It's awesome. Is that greater than a gift of encouragement? We have this tendency sometimes inside of the church with this game called comparison, Anybody? Anybody with me on that one? Like we like to compare. Comparison is a game that everybody loses, right? If I were to look around the room and go, man, I don't have as good a beard as Peruka does. 
I can't even, I can't even grow a beard. I'm, what a, I'm a loser. I can't even, I, no shave November. I can't even, and I can, guess what's knocking on the door? Worthlessness. That I beat myself up because I can't grow a beard like these. Man, look, there's some glorious beards around this room. Right? I'm just saying, right, nine Bethlehem potential. I can't do it. I just, I look like a diseased animal. There's like hair missing. It's just, it's just, it's a terrible thing, right? But I could look around the room and go like, but I don't think any of y'all could beat me at ping pong. I, I am Stephen, right? Am I, I, I can beat Stephen at ping pong. Bad, right? Guess what's knocking on the door? Pride, right? Pride's knocking on the door, right? I've never been in an interview where someone's like, so how good are you at ping pong? No, no one cares. No one cares unless you're at a men's retreat and there's a tournament. That's the only time anybody really cares about those things. But comparison is one of those things that tears us apart. Well, I'm not, I'm not, well, I'm not as good as Peruka, but I'm better than Steven, right? So we just do this thing all the time, fighting and battling inside of our own heart. And we just miss the point that, guys, we're all different in the Lord. God's gifted us all in different ways. Some of us creative, some of us make links together. You have a little simple shape and it connects to the Lord. Others not so much, right? So I want to do one more craft, right? So I'll take your paper and I want you to build out of your piece of paper something that will fly. Truly craft time, a little origami, all right? I want you to build something out of your piece of paper that will fly, Okay? It can be anything. You can use your creativity. You can use your simple mind, whatever. I see some of these guys like, I didn't have a piece of paper, but I want one now. All right. Now, just, just while you're building, I'm just going to let you know. So when I was teaching math, right, um, I loved this project called the Paper Airplane Project, right? None of the other math teachers did it. I did it as my classes. So we would have this competition to build paper airplanes, and then we would go up to, like, the top of Bob Shelton Stadium and throw them off the top and time how long it went down. And they didn't know that they were going to be graphing them and making box whisker charts and scatter plots and finding trend lines. They didn't know they are doing that. They're like, we're throwing airplanes, right? And they're gathering data. They, they didn't know I was tricking them into doing math, right? But I remember just having... We did, they just loved that. That was a favorite project of the year was the paper airplane project. So now we're doing the paper airplane project here, all right? They had hang time, distance, but one of the competitions was accuracy, okay? So we're going to try that competition right here, okay? So here I am the target, okay? So you're going to, on the count of three, you're going to launch. Now listen, if you're front row, don't turn around to see how everybody else is doing, Okay, we do have a medical team on staff, but don't turn around. Stay forward, all right? Now, listen, earlier in first service, David Garcia threw one that went backwards. So I'm just saying, I'm sorry if that happens. Okay, on the count of three, you're launching. I'm the target. The perfect target would be right in my hand. Okay? Everybody ready? In final, final things? Okay, ready? One, two, three, go. Oh. All right, pretty good, pretty good. Now, I'm just going to say, you guys are much better than first service, okay? First service, all right, now, this was the winner. Something that will fly, okay? Now, listen, we all have different gifts, okay? We're all made differently. Like, this does not look useful. This does not look as pretty as these that are up there. But it was effective. BJ, is that yours? All right. BJ's like this. Like, 
we just talked about comparison, BJ, okay? <laughs> We're not having a competition, right? Now, listen, anybody in the front row not make it? Perry, you didn't make it? It's okay. We love you still, right? Um, but this could be a situation, man, comparison, right? Oh, well, BJ, so much better than Perry, right? Perry, did you make an actual plane? Yeah. <laughs> it's right on the chair right there? <laughs> right there? Oh, okay, I was about to say, that one was like, <laughs> dropped it right there, right? <laughs> That's awesome. But we have a tendency, right, to compare. We have a tendency, like, where did my plane go? Now, listen, did any of you keep your airplane? Because you're like, it's just so pretty. I, like, wrote things about God on it. I don't want to just send my plane somewhere else. I, that's difficult. But guess what? That happens with our gifts as well. We sometimes don't want to let go. Guys, I'm telling you, it's, this is so hard for me. I am like one of the most loyal people you'll ever meet in the whole world. It is hard for us to send people out for the glory of the Lord. When we plant churches or we send people out, that is so hard for me because I love you guys. I, I want us all to stay here and be the church forever, the same church that 12 years or 13 years ago was the same church or even 20 years ago for some of y'all um, that have been here. Man, but we have to let go. We have to let the Lord use our gifts for his glory. All right, let's, t- let's turn to uh, Romans chapter 12. This is what Ben read for us earlier, okay? And see what this comparison is not what God's plan is for our life, okay? It says, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of the other, that we are not all going to have the same gifts, that we all have different degrees of gifts, and that is good. That's God's design for us as the body of Christ, to be different. And then he says this, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. We have different degrees of gifts Just because maybe your gift isn't the same as somebody else's gift doesn't mean that you don't use that gift. You don't compare. You use the gift for what God has given you. And he gives us another list of some gifts. If in prophecy, in proportion to our faith. So if you're going to speak the words of God to someone, do it in proportion to your faith. If you want to speak God's words, you got to know God's words, studying the word. If service in our serving. Some people just have the gift of service. Like right now, it's driving them crazy. There's those paper airplanes all over the floor. They just cannot wait to pick them up. They're like, oh, right? Or you have OCD. It's one of those two things, okay? One of those two things is like, I know, it's too too chaotic up here. But some people just want to serve. They just want to help. They just want to be there. Later on, there's a list that says this is the idea of helps, right? He who teaches in teaching, some of you in this room have the gift of teaching, and you're not teaching people, right? It does, there's only, on Sunday, only one person gets to teach up here. But there are 21 opportunities for you to teach in kids' classrooms. In Ignite on Tuesday nights at Refuge, you have the opportunity to teach. If you have the gift of teaching, don't wait for someone to ask you. Volunteer. Now listen, in church life, don't wait for someone to ask you. Go volunteer. Go say, hey. I think God's given me this way. Where can I use this gift? Right? Think about your body. If, what if my right leg just decided, you know what? You didn't ask me to take a step. I'm not going anywhere. How would that go for me? Right? I'm anticipating it's going to take a step, and it doesn't. I'm going to faceplant. Right? We don't want the body of Christ to faceplant. 
right? That means we got to be willing to use our gifts for the glory of the Lord. The one who exhorts in his exhortation, this idea of exhortation is encouragement, right? Now listen, encouragement can come in a couple of different ways, can't it? Encouragement, like someone says, man, Josh, Josh is awesome. He's like an administrative guy, a prayer warrior. Love the guy. That's one way. Or encouragement can be, hey, Josh, I need to tell you about a couple things I've seen in your life. That's still encouragement because I don't want my brother to stay in the same place he was before. This is the gift of exhortation, encouragement to other people. Sometimes the encouragement is tough. By the way, it's not accountability if they're not willing to say something hard to you. Right? So if you want to have accountability in Christ, find someone who will be a truth teller in your life. Then he says, to the one who contributes in generosity. To the one who, that's, that's the gift of giving. Some people are just, they're willing to give. Whether it's time, energy, money, whatever, they're just willing to give out of a cheerful heart, and that's amazing. To the one who leads with zeal. If you have the gift of leadership, meaning that pretty much every meeting you're in charge of somehow, you just went to the meeting as a normal person, but somehow you became the leader. If you have that gift, do it with a passion and a zeal for Jesus. And the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. That if you are willing to forgive, that you're willing to, to show mercy to others, do it with cheerfulness, not begrudgingly, right? Having this gift of forgiveness. I don't know how you can forgive them. Well, God's forgiven me. Why can't I forgive them? Sometimes that is a gift of the Spirit, okay? Let's turn back to um, 1 Corinthians and let's kind of walk through this chapter a little bit more because it gives us more insight to uh, the body of Christ, okay? Verse 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For just as in the body is one, and it has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we're all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If you're here, you're part of the church. You're part of the body of Christ, right? You, you, I guess you could try to pretend, but like my ear can't just decide, I don't want to be a part of you. You're there. You're stuck. You're, you're part of it, right? You can either choose to be a, an active part of it or, or not in there, right? This says, verse 17 says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? As it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Here's what that means. We need you. The, this body of Christ would not be the same without you. That we need you. Like, for example, this church needs Tara Smith. They, they, I need someone in my life who's going to be an encouragement to you, to love me even when I fall short. I need that. This church would not be the same without Paul Valdez and Ceci Valdez, who are amazing, gifted, awesome people. But this church would not be the same without Melody. She does our hospitality. She does all these things behind the scene. We clap for a little bit at the end of it. But does all this amazing stuff for our body of Christ. This church would not be the same without the McDonald's who opened their home for Path Group. This church would not be the same without Eric Pruger, who's an elder and, and likes to get on me about different things at different points when, when I need to, right? This church would not be the same without you. You are a part of the body. You are what makes Fellowship Church 
Fellowship Church. And so you just need to understand, it's not about who's on stage or who does this or who does that. It's more effective when we all live kingdom-minded as well. Look what it says in verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which is our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. And there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. This is what it means to be part of the body of Christ. There's no one higher, no one lower. We're all part of the body. If one part of the body is hurting, we're all hurting. Right? I mean, I know I have a really crafty, loud shirt on today, but it's also Breast Cancer Awareness Month, right? And we have people in our church walking through cancer battles. Some of them are on hospice. Some of them are battling prostate cancer. We have people in our church suffering and walking through hard things, and we as a body suffer together. But we also celebrate together. When good things are happening in people's lives, we actually celebrate those things together. We're going to have a testimony in a little bit about celebrating what God has done and his faithfulness. That's what it means to be the body of Christ. We're all connected. Believe me, when you stub your toe, your mind knows. Being the barefoot guy all the time happens often. You know, because the body is connected. We're all together in this. Verse 27 says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles. So here's some of these offices that have been listed as well. First apostles, this is someone who is an overseer for the church. Second is prophets, those who speak the words of God. And third is teachers. Then miracles and gifts of healing, which we talked about before. Helping, which is one of those gifts similar to service where people just have this gift of they just help. Isn't it so nice to have someone around that's just there to help? Like when you're, when you're there and you just have this thing and they're just, hey, can I help with that? Oh, so nice to have that person. How many of y'all have ever moved? Isn't it nice to have that, those people walk up and like, hey, I'll help. Oh, thank you. Answer to prayer, right? After that it says, um, administration. Some of you have been gifted by God. Notice I didn't say me, right? Some of you have been gifted by God with the gift of administration. You can organize people and things and make it work somehow. You, you just have that gift and that ability to do that, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak tongues or do all interpret it? All, we all have different gifts, right? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a more, still a more excellent way. So if we have these gifts and we go out into our community and show the gifts of God, that is where the, the glory of God happens in the midst of that. But listen to what he says here in verse 1. Remember, there aren't chapters and numbers in the scripture. It's just one letter, one thought. Here's what it says. But if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have a prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith as to move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. That our gifts are meant to love God and to love others. That's it. 
Our gifts are meant to bring glory to his name. So I want to encourage you. Last week I was encouraging you. I don't know why I'm still holding your paper airplane, DJ. Um, last week I was encouraging you to spend an hour in worship. Just spending an hour just alone with the Lord, quiet, listening. I want to encourage you to do something else this week, all right? I want to encourage you realize that God is inviting us into what he's doing. Just as he invited Moses in to be the mediator for the people, he's inviting us to be, to work alongside him in our world. And he's equipped us and he's given us gifts and to do these works which he's prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So I want you to go out into your world this week, right? Whatever world that we live in, and I want to ask you this question. Are you willing to look around and see where God is working? And then are you willing to step into it? Right, you get to your workplace and there's someone there that just had a hard week. Are you willing to step in and encourage them? Right? You go home and it's like a war zone, right? You go home and your wife is just stressed out. Am I willing to step in and be patient and show the love of Christ and step into that situation? And how can I help? Use my gift of helps to step into that situation. See where God is working all around you. And are you willing this week to step into it? And see how God has equipped you in the body of Christ to make more of him, to share the gospel. What if this week God asked you to share the gospel? Are you ready? Are you equipped to go out and share the gospel in the hope of Jesus? I hope so. That's my challenge for you this week. All right, use our gifts for the glory of the Lord. Lord, we come before you thankful for um, who you are. And Lord, that you're a God that has gifted your people to come along beside you and to work with you, Lord. And so I pray that you will help us this week to notice where you're working and to step in. Lord, I thank you, um, Lord, for the design, the body of Christ. Lord, I thank you for each person that's in this room. Lord, and we just want to give you the glory in everything we do. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hold on just a second. Don't leave. Speaking of comparison, you see our shirts. What do you think, huh? Who, who's this? I think you make that shirt look good. I think good. you look amazing. No, no, no. You look amazing. No, I think you're going to look amazing at the banquet in that shirt. Oh, the banquet. Yes. So November the 6th, the banquet is a fun time for the whole church to get together and to uh, talk about what God has done in the past, what God is going to be doing in the future. And we're really excited about that. And we're wearing our shirts for two reasons. One, we played golf with Landon yesterday, and Landon Ooh. bought these great shirts for us. And it says, you gotta get, we got to wear them Sunday. It's like, this is perfect because the theme for our annual banquet is a Hawaiian theme, aloha. So here's our shirt. So thank you, Landon. God used yeah, you. Yeah, we did not win, by the way. We, we looked good. We, were, we, 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 we won in the area of fashion, uh, for sure. Maybe. <clears throat> for sure. Maybe. They just hadn't given us our trophy yet. Yeah. But we want you to sign up for the banquet on our link tree so we know how much uh, meals to prepare for. It's going to be a great time for us to get together and fellowship and uh, hear about what God's doing in the future. Um, were we going to? Yeah, before you go, we want to invite a very special person up to the stage, or just you want to roll down in front? You want to bring her in the microphone? Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for hearing this huge praise and testimony. I'm Valma. This is my sister, Thelma. We call each other sissy. And I'm going to go as quickly as I can. So to try to explain why I push her from Legend Oaks facility to here 
is because she had COVID in January, went in the hospital for three weeks. Then they wanted her in a, a COVID rehab. Her daughter chose a facility near her in Lockhart and Luling area. So they put her there. And she was there about three to four weeks where they were supposed to have a, a bed with an alarm because in January she could walk and use her hand. And in her mind, she thought she could still walk. So she fell because the alarm wasn't on on the bed. And it was a huge fall. But they said she was fine and that she just landed on her bottom and was okay. Yet every day she cried in pain, every day. And they said the x-rays showed no broken bones. And they said, we are ready for you to take her to another facility that's not a COVID facility. It's like they couldn't get her out quick enough. Both feet were wrapped in ace bandages, so we couldn't see her feet. We got her to Legend Oaks on President's Day in February. Physical therapist said, we are 99% sure she has a broken hip. They x-rayed her and called me and said, meet us at the hospital. The doctor called me back there and said, what happened to this lady? And I told him the best I knew what had happened, what they had told me. And he said, she not only has a broken hip, she also has four broken bones in her back. So that's why she cried so much with pain. And he said, what's going on with her feet? I said, I wish I knew. He said, let's take a look. They unwrapped them. She was cut up all over the top of her feet. And on the bottom of her left foot was a pressure wound that was the entire heel. And if you don't know what a pressure wound is, look it up on Google. It'll tell you. That's why she can't walk. We don't know if she can walk yet, but the Lord knows. Anyway, so she loves church. She loves God. She loves people. So I push her to church because she can't get in a vehicle yet because she's in so much pain from her foot and her knee. And getting her in is really hard. And so then when she cries, I cry. <laughs> and we're a mess. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm just going to push her. So that's why I push her. And about a month ago, a very sweet, sweet woman came up to us and said, God wants me to give you this electric wheelchair to help you get her to church. And she did, and it was so generous. Brand new, never been used. The batteries had never even been charged. And so now we come in an electric wheelchair. And also, Thelma has dementia, and she doesn't remember a lot. I sometimes think I have it, too, because <laughs> I forget a lot. Anyway, every 
so often she'll say, Sissy, who gave us this beautiful chair? And I will tell her, it was Leah. Sissy, remember Leah? Leah, will you come and let Thelma thank you again and give you a hug for this generous gift? Can you come down, Leah? Where are you? I don't see you. So now she'll remember you this week. <laughs> Next week you might have to come and say hi to her again. That's Leah. So thank you for hearing us out, and thank you, Leah, again. And, you know, I didn't even ask for this chair, but God gives us big gifts, and we believe big, and I thank him for it. In Psalms, Psalms 150, verse 2, it says, Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his suppressing greatness. In Psalms 150, verse 6, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So I wanted to share this praise with you all because to us it was huge. To Leah it might have been small, but God is big. And now I'm going to ask him for a van with a lift. (laughs) Thank you. Well, so much to praise the Lord for and uh, thank Him for, and we'll definitely keep you in our prayers. Uh, One more Psalm, 139.14 says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. You believe that, right? Do you believe that too? Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great week.